Hello there, it's Leo. Uh, Before the episode proper starts, just wanted to hop in with a quick update. We talked to the fine folks over at Shiro Games on August 17th, and shortly thereafter, they made the formal announcement that uh, Dune Spice Wars will be officially out of early access and in its 1.0 release in September. Also, they announced the house that we kind of mentioned that they had teased is House Ikaz. Super exciting news. Just wanted to make sure y'all knew some updates had happened. All right, enjoy the episode. Today on the show, we're planning on winning this match via being elected to the Dune Governorship, but we won't hesitate to try assassination if we have to. <laughs> we're talking about Dune Spice Wars. <laughs> Not actual assassination. Don't put us on a list. <laughs> Leah, my name is Abu. I'm already on many lists. <laughs> You're on my list, buddy, of very cool people. Hey! I'm proud to be on that list. <laughs> Welcome to Gamjabar, your guide to the iconic world of Dune. We'll be exploring the themes, philosophies, and characters found in the sandy depths of this vast universe, from Frank Herbert's groundbreaking novels to the adaptations on film and TV. Mm. My name's Abu. My name's Leo. And Leo, we really gotta maybe update that intro because... Yeah, we missed one. (laughs) Film and TV doesn't cover everything we talk about on this podcast anymore. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about the comics and... Oh my god. Today. Today. The video game. The video games. Dune Spice ah! Wars, baby. <laughs> Dune Spice Wars. That's the title, oh. actually. It's Dune colon Spice Wars. Spice Wars. B-A-B-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bold choice of Shiro games, but I think one that we both resonate with. Yeah, agreed. Now, before we get into the episode proper and talking about w- what this episode is, uh, let's take care of some quick housekeeping. Mm-hmm. And the first most important thing is the spoiler notice, spoiler warning. The conversation today did meander a little bit into territory of God Emperor of Dune. So make sure you have read God Emperor of Dune before you listen to this episode. That's right. And of course, at the top of every show... Yes. We must shout out our Kwisatz Haderach level patrons, Matthew Good, Kaysaken. Oh. If we were in charge of making this Dune video game, yeah. we would add you as hero characters. Yes. And you'd be unstoppable. Attack <laughs> yeah. power, infinite. Generosity, yeah. <laughs> infinite. Health, infinite. Very true. And the coolest character art. The oh, hottest yeah. character hottest art you can character possibly art. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And our thank you extends, of course, as always, to all of our patrons for making what we do possible. That's right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. Now, this episode. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So we reached out to Shiro Games, the game company, small indie game company, actually legitimately, who is making one of the first licensed official dune video games in like 20 years yeah and very exciting uh abu you and i have both played dune Mm -hmm. spice wars Mm -hmm. we've talked about it a little bit in our distrans news episodes right 
So we were extremely excited when Shiro Games got back to us and offered to do an interview. And we actually got to do the interview with two people from Shiro Games. Right. We chatted with Sylvain Legay, who is a game designer on Dune Spice Wars. And we also talked to Dylan Robinson, who was on the call with us. He is the community manager at Shiro Games. And they were lovely to chat with. You're about to hear that interview in a second. But I had a ton of fun. Yeah. I don't know how it went for you, Leah, but I was having a blast. I think it's obvious that they are both passionate about this game. Yeah. That they are both proud of it. I think that's the thing I picked up on most is they're just so incredibly proud of the thing they've (laughs) made, which is sometimes tough for me to feel about the things I make, you know, achieving that is tough. (laughs) I was also going to say, like, I've been for about a year and a half now, a part of a game development process. Right. That's right. There are a lot of things that we have like mixed feelings about and it's fine because that's naturally part of the process right you're mm-hmm. planning a construction process you say oh i'd love for it to have floor-to-ceiling glass windows hell yeah and you go wait that costs how much to me okay oh, let's no. scale it back a little bit <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of those moments in the game development process and the number of times we were like so sylvan what were you disappointed by and he's like nothing <laughs> it's going great <laughs> was like wow holy smokes yeah that's amazing yeah And it was fun to kind of get a peek behind the curtain. Totally. I mean, we did try to get them to leak some stuff to us, (laughs) uh, but they were professionals and and told us no, basically. So we tried and we were just like, hey, you want to tell us what's going to happen? And they didn't. But they did give us a little peek behind the curtain. And it's always fun to sort of see inside the mind of someone who's working on something that you enjoy. And yeah, I'm going to play the game through new eyes now after this interview for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Well, with this sort of preamble out of the way, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we're back from this break, you're going to hear our interview with Sylvain and Dylan. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So before we talk about the game, we wanted to ask the pair of you about your own Dune journeys? Yeah. Are, are you both fans of the Dune universe? Have you read the books? And if you have, what was your first introduction to it? Okay, so um, we, we have a lot of, uh, of, uh, of Dune fans on the, on the team, uh, particularly uh, the two bosses of, uh, of our studio are huge fans of, of Dune. Mm-hmm. But uh, actually, I uh, did not read the book before <laughs> coming, uh, coming to work uh, here. <laughs> So I'm a, I'm a recent fan uh, of, of Dune, uh, basically. So I, I've read it uh, since. And, uh, and even the first one I've read it, uh, I mean, I read it only once from the first page to the last, but I read like small pieces of it all the time. So, you know, for work and for things like that. So like all the major scenes, I, I know them very well, actually. Yeah. And so I've not read anything from, uh, from Brian or, uh, Audience of Korea yet, uh, and I've almost finished all the Frank book. 
Gotcha. Hey, pretty good. <laughs> That's where I'm at. I know like these days, it's an era where, where Dune is much more a conversation than has ever been the case, even since the book's publications. Yeah. I think there are a lot of people in your seat who are reading it for the first time, experiencing it for the first time. Yeah. And it's cool. I, I, I commend you for making it through most of Frank's books because sometimes they get a little weird. <laughs> and sometimes people yeah. get to the third book and they go, okay, okay, that's a lot. <laughs> Honestly, I think they are weird from the start. But <laughs> it's true. But it's a little bit more, more hidden in the first one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but all the weirdness is already there if, you, if you're looking for it. It's true. Yeah, it's true. What about you, Dylan? Well, uh, if I'm being honest, I've never read the books. Oh. Mm. Uh, or at least not yet. <laughs> not yet, right. Uh, I will get around <laughs> to it. I've heard of this amazing book club uh, <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I've heard they can help me out. So I'll definitely be uh, getting around yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, no, seriously, the, the first time was... Um, discovering the game in pre-production before it was announced mm. i was fairly new at shiro games uh, it'd been less than a year that i'd been there oh well, actually the, the first time i got to shiro we were already working on it and yeah. i remember being brought upstairs into the sort of you know secret area that i wasn't really allowed to go in <laughs> during my interviews and stuff uh yeah we're working on a dune game and i was like oh that's cool. <laughs> yeah and then i started looking into to dune and stuff yeah uh, law videos, but the, the biggest moment for me was uh, watching the uh, Denis Villeneuve film, uh, uh, the cinema. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought it was, it was amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was my first introduction for sure. So, okay, let's talk about the video game then. Yeah, for our listeners who might not know about the game, yeah, can you give a brief overview of yeah. the game? What is Dune Spice Wars? So, Dune Spice Wars is a forex strategy game. So Forex is a, a jog of strategy game where um, you rotate around four verbs, basically, uh, which are uh, to explore, to expand, to exploit the land, and to exterminate your opponent. Mm. It's a game like, for instance, Civilization is a very good uh, example of a Forex game. And so Dune Spice War is a Forex game happening in the Dune universe, of course. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. So you, you, you have uh, everything you, you want to have in a Forex game and you have everything you want to have in a Dune game, like uh, you have uh, assassination and uh, plotting and politics and things like that. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, Sylvain, are a game designer. Yeah. I'm game designer, mostly system designer, actually. System designer. Okay. Can yeah. you actually, I'm totally ignorant about game development. Can you... Tell us what your job sort of is day to day. What do you do? So it, it's, it's different every day. Mm. But the main role of the game designer is to invent the rules of the game. So what will this uh, button do? What will, <laughs> you know, uh, this unit have as a specialty, thing like that. Wow. We are also in some capacity responsible from the text, the dialogue, the story of the game and things like that. And uh, most importantly, we must communicate all that to the team. Mm -hmm. So we have a big coordination role in the team. So that, I mean, you're talking about some of the key elements of the playing experience. Yeah. Would you say that that is the most important role in all <laughs> no. of game development? <laughs> I, I would never say that. <laughs> like, everyone is important. Sure, Absolutely sure. everyone is important. Like, if you don't have a programmer, you don't have a game. Okay. But the game designer is really the keeper of the game experience. That is true. Mm. 
Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. Well, you know, maybe off mic, you can tell us whether your job is the most important <laughs> one. <laughs> no, no, really, everyone is important. Yeah, <laughs> a team yeah. effort, a team effort. Yeah. <laughs> so talking a bit more about the game, it's been in early access, and that's how Leo and I have played it. It's been out in early access since, I think, April 2022. What is the timeline now? Because I know you're getting ready for a full 1.0 release. What's that timeline look like? Uh, so we are going to release the game out of early access before the end of the, of the year. And that's about everything I can tell you. Gotcha. <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. And I will stress for anybody listening who hasn't played the game, there so much has been added. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To hear that it there, even by the end of the year, we're going to have a full release is very exciting. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. Is it also stressful for you? Are you, are, are you a little worried that you have a lot of work left to do? <laughs> so we do have a lot of work left to do, but I mean, it's it's part of the job. Like, yeah, I'm used to this kind of stress. Yeah, yeah it's definitely. not uh, it's not more than usual. Right. So in a recent August development update, yeah, you teased a new upcoming faction that will be releasing presumably alongside the 1.0 release at some point <laughs> can you tell us what that faction is i just want to be real direct can you I, just le- leak that to us or <laughs> i cannot tell you what this faction is <laughs> dang. dang we had to try we had to try yeah i think no. it's going to be the chair dogs hmm. it's going to be chair dogs as a faction <laughs> if you have a look on our uh, yeah. twitter though on the g yeah. spice was twitter we've already started teasing so maybe you know some of your listeners could uh, figure out what the next faction is with the stuff that we've been posting. Yeah, there are a few information out there already. Like, we have already said that it will be a great house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there might, you know, there might be some more stuff on its way. Oh, yeah. okay. We have posted the color on yeah. heraldic of the faction. Yeah, well, uh, we'll keep our eyes peeled and we'll keep guessing. I know there's already some good guesses out there. Yeah. At the very least, it looks like a good tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That house symbol could be a really good tattoo. Yeah, true. So in that same August update, actually, you also talked about the Heroes of Dune update, which is sort of the post-launch timeline of the game. Can you tell us anything about that? What can we expect from the Heroes of Dune update? Okay, so the the reality is that it's not done yet. So Mm -hmm. uh, uh, everything I say is mandatorily a bit fuzzy, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know exactly how it will play. But we already have heroes in, in the conquest mode of the game. Right. You know, so basically the idea of heroes is that you have these great, all these great characters of Dune, like Duncan, Gurney, and all these guys, mm-hmm. and you can have them as concealer. Right. Since the, the start of early access, you can do that. But uh, concealer is just one little picture in the top of the screen. And I mean, <laughs> they are there, but it's not... You want to play a little bit more with them, right? Yeah. So the idea of heroes is to have one of this character for each faction, maybe two, we'll see. We're not sure yet. Mm -hmm. On the map with your units, doing stuff, basically. As I said, we already kind of have that in Conquest, but Conquest is a special mode where we can bend the rule a bit and it's more complicated to integrate them in the rest of the, the game. But that's the right. idea. We, we will have them in some form on the, in the rest of the game. Wow, very cool. Any ideas who's on that character list right now? Like, is Duncan for sure somebody? 
Um, I'm not sure I'm allowed to talk about that. <laughs> no worries. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. So, looking at the future of the game, I am curious. You released the Con- Conley mode. You released the Conquest mode. There, there have been a bunch of updates as the game has worked its way through early access. Are there plans for any sort of campaign mode or any sort of original story set in the Dune universe? So. Uh, Conquest is already kind of like that. Mm-hmm. It's not a very scripted narrative mode, but there are some narrative elements that and we are trying to make it a narrative mode, right. like a more narrative mode than the, than the regular mode. Mm. So we know that some people would like a more scripted campaign, like in an RTS, for, for instance. There are no plans currently to do that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it will never happen because we don't know what the future holds. And, uh, right. You know, if the game is, is very successful, we're, we're going to keep developing it for a long time. So anything can happen, basically. But yeah. there are no current plans for that. Fair enough. That's also the kind of thing I imagine could be packaged pretty successfully into like a future update, like a DLC or something like that. Because yeah. a narrative beginning, middle, and end experience, like once the mechanics are there and once it's fun to play and once you have a big group of people playing, that's the sort of thing that just takes a bit of extra dev time. So. Sometimes more than a bit, but... Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> that's true, that's true. So we actually asked our listeners what they wanted us to ask you yeah. during this interview, and one of our listeners, Ben, wanted to know if there are any plans or ideas being thrown around to introduce concepts or characters from later in the books, like God Emperor of Dune or Heretics or Chapter House? Like, are we going to see something like Moneo Atreides show up in the game at some point? Or Tag. Oh, Tag. So, currently it's not in the plan. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have enough to do with uh, the time <laughs> around, uh, around the first book. Again, it doesn't mean that we will never do that. Like, I think... We're allowed to do that. We, we could do it if we want, but it's not current plan. Yeah. So maybe someday we, we know. Like p- probably someday if the game lasts for a very long time, because at some point yeah. we won't have anything else. To <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and that actually kind of segues nicely into this topic of lore. Yeah. Because I, I just heard you say that you are allowed to do that and maybe someday you will. I'm curious. How are you treating the lore and how are you balancing being lore accurate while also still making a good game? What are you drawing from the books? What's original? That sort of thing. Okay, so one thing that we want to be clear on is the game is not canon. You know, it's not, Mm. we're not Mm -hmm. making uh, the story of the book. Right. Okay, so we are allowed to have some liberty. Cool. What's really important, at least for me, is uh, to get, you know, the character right. Like, at the same time, the, the characters themselves, but also the character of the faction, the character of the universe itself. You know, the feel of the universe is, mm-hmm. is yeah. very important. So yeah. that's something that we're particularly attentive to. It happens sometimes that we have to bend a bit the law. Right. But yeah. we're trying to do it in a way that is respectful of the universe itself. Yeah. You know, and of the feel of the universe. Yeah. Right. I think Sylvain had a really good example. It was about shields, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. so for instance, you know, in in Dune, you you have shields and laser, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and nobody used laser because everyone has a shield and when you a laser meet a shield there is a big explosion right right so nobody really want to to do that right except that actually on dune you cannot use shield and so sometimes people come with laser and do some crazy stuff with it you know yeah right. yeah so um, we decide at the very beginning of the development i think that we will not gonna have laser at all because it's not an interesting interaction that you have a unit with a laser and oh, oh everyone is dead. Uh, <laughs> <very fun. laughs> yeah. So yeah. We, we don't want to have that. So we decide that there will never be laser in Dune Space War, uh, which I mean is uh, is not exactly lore accurate, but it's for making a better game. I was going to say, I mean, in the book, Duncan rigs up a laser gun and a shield yeah. and eliminates like a third of the <laughs> active forces of the enemy. Exactly. And I'm like, when a single unit can do that, you imagine the psychotic video game players yeah. <laughs> would just <laughs> nuke everything. Like, yeah. what would you do in a unit if they can yeah. just die with a laser yeah. like that? It's, <laughs> it's pointless. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, you're number one priority is make a good game yeah you know so y- you bend the rules where you need to definitely well i was also going to say it's really it's a relief to hear that because especially if you see the david lynch dune movie mm. the sci-fi dune adaptation and then Villeneuve's adaptation they all make changes yeah you kind of inevitably have to change things to adapt a book into a different medium and what we've always talked about on this podcast is when changes are made, like making Irulan a more prominent character in one of those movies that is in line with the book, that is like kind of harmonious with the spirit of Dune, mm-hmm. we celebrate that because we go, okay, cool. They've clearly taken time to maybe read five or six really long, dense sci fi books. But they're taking time to think about it and really make those choices intentionally and not just mm. we'll we'll slap like a thin dune skin on top of some other game. It's cool to see these things happen. So very, very well done. And generally I think you are you are nailing it. I think you're really getting the feeling of Dune very well. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Thank you. I'm also curious actually, at, while we're talking about lore, how involved was the Herbert estate in this process? Like, did they just sort of let you run with your ideas or were there certain rules or restrictions around lore and characters that you could and couldn't do? So we are mostly working with Legendary directly. So not... Mm. Oh, okay. Interesting. Not really the Herbert estate. I think they work with the Herbert estate. Yes, yeah. In the back, so... But not directly with us. Yeah. So does that mean you have total freedom? Like you can not, not really. Like <laughs> they check everything we do, basically. Mm-hmm. Sure. They are mostly very agreeable to us. Like they, they agree with a lot of things that we mm. we propose. Yeah. One thing that they they check is uh, like we have the right to the books, mm-hmm. but not to the movie. Mm. Interesting. So if we do things which are too close to the movies, sometimes they, they don't like it. And they say, ah. well, not this one. And I mean, that's fine. We do something else. Yeah. Uh, but generally, we have a lot of uh, freedom, yes, but they still check everything we do. Are there any examples of something that the team wanted to do that Legendary was like, better not? Any any specific examples? I mean, it's it's not like that. Like, it's not the team wants to do something and they say, no, it's 
we have this kind of options, we propose them to, to them and we see. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I think one example, which is quite interesting, is also about the different faction leaders uh, and their appearance. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, it's books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so one can sort of have their own interpretation of how they look because yeah. it's imagination and stuff. But that was a relative challenge, in a way, to for our artists to sort of come up with uh, leaders that really do sort of convey what the books, you know, want them to convey. Yeah. As well as still keeping the sort of um, unique features. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, Baron Harkonnen, how can he not sort of look like he is in the films, right. uh, in a way. Right. So there's challenges like that, but it's not necessarily things that we want to do that are in the films. Yeah. Uh, it's just inevitably sometimes the lines get pretty close to each other and we just have to, you know, be put back in right. a lane in a way. Yeah. And actually the biggest problem about that is, uh, you know, the actor likeness. Like we cannot make a character look like an actor because if we do that, we have to pay the actor. Yeah. 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 Right. So if, if you want an example, Leto Atriles looked a lot more like uh, Isaac, uh, Oscar Isaac, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it was not intentional. I mean, we just mm. made it like it was described in the book. Mm. And so yeah. we had to change his hair, basically, <laughs> uh, to make it ah, look yeah. less like Oscar Isaac. Yeah. So wow. that kind of thing can happen. Oh, right. that's so fun to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but that's just part of the process, of course. Yes, and exactly. It, it's know. also, that's not even your fault because that's good casting. Like <laughs> Oscar Isaac. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looks right. great. He has as, good uh, hair. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you should have you should have messaged oscar be like change your hair we're doing it <laughs> okay so i i did want to get into the history of dune video games with you a little bit because obviously dune spice wars is sort of continuing this pretty rich and long history of dune rts games like we had dune 2 from westwood studios all the way back in 1992 and then a couple of sequel games after that did you play those games and was there inspiration that you drew from those OG way back in the day RTS games? So it's a complicated question. <laughs> oh, okay. So we we did play this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, historical uh, historically they are very important for video games, clearly. Yeah. Uh, and they were very good for that time. Mm-hmm. The thing is we want to do something different. Right. We are making a 4X game first. And so, and they are RTS. So an, an RTS, for those who don't know, is a, a real-time strategy game. So it's a lot more dynamic than uh, 4X, but it's also like 4X player like to take their time for think, to, to think and to really decide what is a good choice. While a uh, big component of RTS game are you have to react fast. Basically. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's complicated because we know that there are a lot of fans of this game waiting for a Dune game and they want to play our game, but it's not the same kind of game. Right. So we're trying to make them feel welcome, but still we're making our own thing and it's not, right. it's not a follow up to this game. Like it's, right. it's a different kind of game. I think another good aspect is that, um, a 4X game allows us to explore elements of the Dune universe that you can't necessarily in an RTS. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the diplomacy side yeah. of things. Yeah. In an RTS game, you don't really have time for that. Um, whereas, you know, we've been able to implement the Landstrad, Choam, all these different elements that are just pillars of the entire game. So I think that's another reason for going down the 4X. Uh, but also the RTS side has allowed us to have, you know, the sort of 
dynamic combat feel in a way even though it is sort of uh an, a high up view uh, and all that stuff you could still zoom in look at your units and stuff so it's an it's a nice yeah. mix as well but yeah forex you know allows you as i said to, to explore just different things do different stuff i think one key feature as well was uh which is quite a funny thing mm. is the pause button <laughs> RTS players don't get a pause no. button. Forex players absolutely love yeah. the pause button. Yes, I, um, I mean, you know, you spend most of your game on pause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was. I think at the beginning, that was a talking point as well. Was whether or not we'd add a, a pause button because in uh, another one of our games, Northgard, which is yeah. definitely more of an RTS, it doesn't have a pause button. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean. I'm glad you brought up the diplomacy. You know, Lance Rad Council is something where I'm always just like, pause. Let me let me yeah. make up my mind. Spycraft, yes, absolutely. The whole lot. Spies. <laughs> Leo loves his spies. He's just assassinating people all the time. Hey. I win so many games just by assassinations. Yeah. That's the best way to play it. <laughs> yeah, and you recently also introduced the marketplace where you can buy and sell yeah. chome shares. <laughs> Finally, day trade. And I get to day enjoy. trade while I video game. It's amazing, you know? Like, I'm going to translate some of those yeah. skills to the stock market and hopefully get rich off of that. But I hope you've got your June Spice Wars uh, Excel sheet. And <laughs> yes, and exactly. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, uh, our listener, uh, another one of our listeners actually had a question as well. Our listener, Yaz, he wanted to actually know if there are any references or Easter eggs sort of baked into Dune Spice Wars in reference to those old games. So obviously you're not making a sequel to those games and you wanted to create your own thing, but did you pay homage to those games? Is there anything in there for players to find? So I don't know everything that is in the game, but Mm -hmm. as far as I know, not really. Okay, Mm. yeah, yeah. There's one thing that is related is uh, like the conquests. Uh, mode kind of look like mm. the um, campaign mode of of Dune 2. Yeah. At least it's in its shape. Like you you have a big map where you can choose territory and you have a regular game on the territory. It's, it's kind of the same thing, but it's the only thing I can think of. Got it. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally fair. And I think also naturally there's going to be some similarities. And I'm sure the yeah. art team who was working on, you look at what's been done in the past so that you are aware and that sort of thing. So I think inevitably, I remember thinking that the like the spice harvesters looked kind of similar. But then I'm like, what else would they look like? <laughs> like what else would they? Right. So yeah. whether or not there's like intentional homage from the art right. team, yeah. it's it's gonna be there. I think. Yeah. Well, I heard you had to change the hair on the spice harvesters because <laughs> <laughs> the spice harvester looked too much like Oscar Isaac. So yeah. they had it, to change it. Was it was too hot. And it was too attractive. Yeah. <laughs> I'd also like to add that yeah. one of the main challenges, I mean, we do bring it up quite often, but it is Dune, uh, was the desert itself. Mm. How do you make a game in a desert? It's just sand. <laughs> well, it turns out it's yeah. not just sand. And so yeah. we hired a consultant or an expert, a, a geologist uh, in a desert yeah. topography or yeah, geology, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Topography. Yeah. <laughs> to, to help us out with that. And, um, well, we actually won an award for the best uh, technological innovation at Big As because we managed to uh, wow. develop a, a tool that allowed us to generate... It's procedurally generated, isn't it, Sylvain? The terrain of some places. Yes, in, the map and the yeah. terrain is procedurally generated. Sometimes they can be predefined as well. The end goal was really to have something which looked like uh, an actual desert, yeah. but also yeah. which was 
diverse enough to not get bored mm. too too fast. Right. And uh, and if you look at the game, I think we succeed on that. Like totally, yeah, yeah. If, even the day night cycle. Yeah, I think it's one of my favorite things in the game is uh, watching Arrakis change from day to, to night. You know, the height of the sun as well as in the middle of the night. It's quite nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the environments are beautiful. Yeah. yeah, you definitely earned that award for sure. <laughs> they look gorgeous. I also I like how it looks good at different vantage points. Yeah. Like from when I'm doing like really really top down it looks dynamic and cool. And then you get really zoomed in mm. and you see the units like swallowed in the sand and you see the like little details mm. that are in there. It just looks good from every distance, which is also a challenge yeah. because yeah. yeah, you zoom in and you expect to just see sand because <laughs> they're, they're in the desert. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's uh, our VFX artists will be uh, really happy to hear that because sometimes they work on like the tiniest things, like the footsteps and the, the waves that he can make it in the light. Yeah. Oh, no one's going to look at this and we keep on saying, yeah, some, there's always yeah. people that zoom in no, and no. look at the, you know, the little units running around and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, you you can tell them there's at least two people looking at it. <laughs> yeah. I also started, I work at a game company as like doing kind of technical art stuff. Cool. But it is like, it has given me such an appreciation yeah. for the number of things that can go wrong. <laughs> or say, like people have no idea how, and then something breaks and you're like, why? Why is this not working? So I'm blown away. I think, again, those little details are there. Mm. It's very, uh, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hey, so we've got more from the interview coming up, but first let's take a quick little break and then we'll be back and we'll roll some more tape on Savan and Dylan. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back, everybody. Let's roll this tape. We got a little bit more conversation with Sylvain and Dylan to go. Were there ideas in development? I'm sure there are in every game, but what were some of the ideas maybe throughout development that ultimately didn't work out? Like maybe you tried to implement something, realized it wasn't working. Do you have any examples of those? There are a lot of things that we we put in the game for flavor, for flavor you know, like... At some point, Corino has a, so Corino, which is a, the Emperor faction, mm -hmm. had the mechanic where he received some spice from everyone and then he had to pay more and things like that. Yeah. And it was, it was really complicated to balance and mm. it didn't work out that well. Like you couldn't really have fun with it, like do some strategy around it. It's, it was not really possible. Yeah. So we, we end up, 
uh, removing that. Like, no, the emperor just pays uh, mm. uh, his fee to the guild because, right. of course, the guild needs spice. Right. But it kind of works like everyone else paying their spice at some point. So um, we lose a little bit in, in the lore direction, but I think it's really best for the game in the end because it was just not working. And we fiddled with it for, for a while and we didn't find the, the right way to make it work. Yeah, hmm. yeah. And, uh, and I'm sure that happens a lot of times during yeah. every, every game development, yeah. you know? You, you try something and it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything you're sad about that didn't make it into the game? Like you really tried and just couldn't figure it out? I don't know. No, I'm I'm actually quite happy with uh, with the state of the game. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good place to be, you know. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> what actually that makes me think? Then what are you, what are you most proud of in, in, in the game? Maybe maybe even like a systems thing that you directly were involved in. What, what are you most proud of for having created in the game? So in the big thing, I, I think that politics is working pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think politics is working pretty well. Like the, the whole Landtrad system where you every 20 days you have to vote for things. And it's relatively deep because you have a set number of votes and it only can go to three resolutions and you have to split them. No games do something as complex for politics, but it's not too complex either. Like you can actually play with it. Mm. I think we we did a good job with that. Yeah, uh, and it always keeps it yeah. fresh, you know? Yeah. You, you don't just do the same strategy every time you start a new Conquest game or something. Every 20 minutes, the, your strategy might have to change. Yeah, exactly. Because the vote went one way or the other way, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I love the Lance Rod system for that reason. There's mm. every 20 minutes, it's just like, oh no, something different is happening. <laughs> So we have a bit of time left, Sylvan, and we wanted to use the rest of our time with you to ask you some fun bonus questions, if that's all right. These aren't necessarily video game related, but we just wanted to get geeky with you. So I'm curious, do either of you have a favorite character from the books and why? I'll let you start, uh, Sylvan. <laughs> so I think I really like Leto too, the God Emperor. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very unusual yeah. character. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know many other characters who become that big of a wormy boy. <laughs> but in a way, what's fascinating about him is that it's not really a character. It's it's like yeah. a force of nature, you know. Yeah, that's a good pick. But is a is a no. smart way for Frank to expose some wild ideas. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I, I think I would go with Leto too. Okay, good call. That's a great answer. <laughs> what about you, Dylan? So it's fairly difficult for me to give you a book-related character. I'd have to say Gurney, just because of mm. it's not that it's a weird mix for a character, but someone that you can, you know, he sings really well and he mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. music, and then he's just a complete beast uh, on on the battlefield yeah. and stuff. I think that's really cool. So yeah, the duality of it. The troubadour warrior. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it's, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd say again. He's got a soft side, but he can also stab you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dylan, have you seen the movie though? The 2021 oh, yeah, yeah. movie? Oh yeah. We, we asked Sylvain earlier, what do you think? 
Well, we went out to uh, the whole studio. We went to watch it uh, when it premiered, uh, and oh. it wasn't the premiere. It wasn't the premiere so cool. red carpet or anything. Yeah, but it was. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we all went to watch it together, and yeah. uh, it was my first introduction to the Dune universe, apart from the game, because it hadn't released yet. Mm-hmm. So it was still, wow. you know, hush hush. No one yeah. knows. Um, so we were all yeah. covering our logos as we went in. Um, <laughs> I thought it was. I was taken aback the first time I watched it. I've watched it maybe three times, maybe four. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. I get that it's building up to a trilogy. I can't comment on the things that uh, have been left out and stuff. Uh, But yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Visually, it was beautiful, but just the the universe itself. uh, I'm a big sci-fi fan, so um, I just like the, you know, the ships and stuff. I think it's cool. Yeah, Yeah. the ornithopters are just so... Yeah. they did a great job with the sound and the the look of the ornithopters. Is great. Yeah, I think my favorite sort of visual sound moment, everything together, was probably when the uh, the Harkonnens and the Sadakars uh, when they attack. Uh, yeah, I thought mm. that was just amazing. Ah, what a beautiful movie! The bombs dropping on the uh, shielded. <laughs> yeah, 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 and the, the shields, and it's just like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. Sylvain, you went to that too. I mean, I, w- I wasn't in the studio. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, he, he wasn't with us oh, yet. Gotcha, right, gotcha. I, I saw it uh, separately, like, on my yeah. own. <laughs> you, you had to watch it on your own. Is it, yeah. is it considered work to watch the movie over and over oh, yeah. and over again? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, on, it's on the clock. You get paid to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great perk. That's a good benefit. I'm going to ask my job if they can let me do that, too. <laughs> I did want to ask... And again, this might be something, of course, Sylvain, that like can't really talk about. But I know it doesn't really make sense to have battles in Spice Wars not on Arrakis. But I can imagine a world, a future in which there are small campaigns or small, you know, Conley matches or small things like that happening off planet. Has there been any kind of spitballing people talking about it would be cool to have a battle on Seleucus Secundus, or it would be cool to have a battle on a different planet in the Dune universe? I mean, speedballing, of course. Like, sure. uh, <laughs> we speedball about all kind of ideas, you know. But, yeah. um, I mean, it's almost making a new game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm not saying we'll never yeah. do that. Maybe we'll find a way at some point in the future, but, I mean, it's almost a new game. We yeah. cannot just... Uh, do it in a in a month, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, we we have to get the one point really sorted, uh, and then yeah, and then we yeah. can think about that. So, Dune Spice Wars two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, Excellent. I'm sure you'll be winning awards for the Kaladin water physics or something whenever you get around to to making that. Is, is there anything that we haven't asked you, Sylvain or Dylan, that you want to make sure you say? just sort of open-ended here at the end um well i'd like to say if, if any of your listeners are, are already players well thank you very much for supporting us during early access as well tell your friends about <laughs> the game even though i'm sure you already have <laughs> but yeah no thank you thank you so much yeah, yeah thank you it, we're almost there uh and by there i mean 1.0 <laughs> right and you know we can't wait for for the full release it's been an incredible journey so far because we we didn't really talk about the studio which isn't a problem but we're we're a fairly small indie studio in France yeah so to have the such an honor to work on such a, an amazing piece of just sci-fi just everything yeah. it's it's massive for us so we we've tried our best and we're still trying to uh, deliver 
you know, yeah. the best possible game, a mix of 4X, RTS, a mix of lore and everything. So, you know, we, we just hope that Dune fans and 4X fans and RTS fans can enjoy the game. Yeah. Well, you can tell everyone back at the studio that two people are enjoying the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we definitely will. Yeah. No, thank you so much for your time. And it was so fun to geek out with both of you and uh, learn a little bit more about the game. And I think truly congratulations on what you've achieved with the game. It's not yeah. easy. It's obviously <laughs> no. not easy. And I think you've made an incredibly fun <laughs> RTS game, an incredibly fun 4X game, and an incredibly fun tuned game. And that's a very tough tightrope to walk on. So I think y'all should be proud. Thank you very much. And, and you know, take a vacation after the game's done. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> You've worked hard. Or, or you know, get to work on or, Kaladin, or, yeah, actually, Kaladin yeah, water If you battles. could work on the Kaladin <laughs> water physics, we'd love that expansion. <laughs> it's fine. Awesome. Honestly. Well, um, uh, that, that's, all, that's all we had, I think. Wow, Leo, yeah. how good was that interview, huh? Uh, it was fun. It was so fun. It's always cool to kind of peek behind the curtain. Yeah. And to, they knew about this game for so much longer than we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm jealous. I mean, it's it's got to be a good feeling to yeah. see it develop from the very early stages to what we finally saw in April of 2022. Right. I don't know. Just very, very cool. Yeah. I'm also glad we gained two listeners as well. <laughs> not, o- not only did we invite them on the podcast and interview them, yeah. we also pitched them on the podcast and converted hey, you, them into you have listeners. To. You have Again, to. Again, yeah, you, know, you got to do it. Part of the process. You always got to be marketing yourself. I'm proud of us yeah. for doing that. We're like, hey, have you heard of Gam Jabbar? They're like, no. <laughs> We're like, cool. Oh, fuck. Thanks. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. We got to do well, better. <laughs> before we let you go, a quick reminder yes. that Dune Spice Wars is currently out in early access, so you can literally go to Steam and purchase the game for yourself and play it and try it out. As Sylvan said, the full 1.0 release will happen sometime later this year. Currently, you can snag the game for $30 US on Steam, though. Or if you are an Xbox Game Pass subscriber, the game is also on PC Game Pass. So those are two places you can go and check it out if you are interested in playing it yourself. Indeed. And it's a lot of fun. I think we both very much enjoy it. Although I keep mismanaging resources and having to result in like desperate assassination attempts uh-huh. <laughs> because <laughs> I am bad at these sorts of games. Mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I realize retrospectively, I have played a lot more RTS games. Like I played quite a bit of like Warcraft 3, Hell and, yeah. like, Starcraft, Starcraft 2, and mm. those games are a lot of fun. Yeah, Command and, and Conquer. I yeah, I, I didn't play as many of those, but I did play Dune 2, which was Westwood's first foray and right. we're like Before established a lot of those. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, sure. Well, anyway, let's talk about how to support <laughs> what we do here on Gom That's Jabbar. Right, that's right. We can't forget as to do this part. Final housekeeping. We always forget. <laughs> the best way, as always, is to become a patron mm-hmm. over at patreon.com slash Gom Jabbar. Oh, golly, you get cool benefits like ad-free episodes, weekly blooper clips, things that are cut from the main recording session. So if there mm-hmm. were any little moments during this recording session that we're not going to use, you'll hear them there. Yeah, things like that only happens on patreon.com slash comjabar. Mm. Mm. What, what a good URL. That's right. Type it in, hit enter, hit sign up, put in your credit card, and hit submit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm missing some steps there, but you you get the idea. You get the idea. (laughs) Now, another great way to support the show is to buy yourself some Dune-themed merch from our merch store at gamjabarshop.com. We've got art. We've got apparel, mugs, a tote bag, and so much more, all with original Dune-themed artwork. So go check it out. Treat yourself to something nice. Treat your mom to something nice. Call her back, okay? And send her some Dune merch, goddamn. You it. never call. You, you never, never call, call your mother. <laughs> call your mom. Get her some Dune merch. Gomjabarshop.com. Finally, <laughs> we love to hear from you. So email us at gomjabarpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, your questions, pictures of your pets, or hey, we may talk to Shiro Games again about Dune Spice Wars after a 1.0 release. What questions do you want us to ask then? Who else do you want us to talk to? Let us know. That's right. Gomjabarpodcast at gmail.com. We're always happy to uh, make some new friends and say hi to people. Indeed. Should we roll that other tape? That the, other oh, interview, Leo? The, the top secret one? The not safe for work one? Yeah. No, maybe. No, oh, that's maybe it's not. It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. It's a lot of ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. sounds i don't know why i even kept that tape. i know we agreed to burn it but i, I burned kept, mine I immediately it. you kept yours yeah sinful <laughs> but it's super safe don't worry i i, I labeled it taxes 1999 so <laughs> literally no one will ever were you doing a lot of taxes when you were seven <laughs> <laughs> hmm maybe i should go, maybe i should go burn that tape let's let's wrap up the recording maybe <laughs> Yeah, you've got some kerosene to buy. (laughs) Well, friends, there is no real ending. It's just the place where you stop the recording. But this podcast is always one step beyond logic. So help spread the word of Muad'Dib and leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And be sure to check out the other shows on the Lord Party Podcast Network on loreparty.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at lore underscore party. We're also on TikTok at Gamjabar Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, whoever controls the podcast controls the universe. We'll see you on the Golden Path. Bye.